together here on Everyone Matters. Turn to somebody and say, you matter. You make a difference. It's important that you're here. Yeah, it is. In any type of team, any type of community, any type of relationship, it matters that we're more than just one, that we're multiplying, that we're, we're growing, and that we're growing together. Holy Spirit, we are so indebted to you for revelation, for understanding, and all of us collectively together, we just say, do what only you can do. Give us your word this morning. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, sociologists and psychologists, different ones with logists at the end of their name, numbers and letters and everything like that, um, they, they all agree, uh, for the most part, unless they're anti-family, but one of the most important things that a family can do together is what? Pray, for sure, but they're secular, non-Christian psychologists ne- wouldn't necessarily go to that degree. What would it be? Okay, family meals together. That's exactly right. Well done, Elsa. And she's been studying. Yeah, she got her degree in that. But it is one of the most important things that a family can do together. Um, it preserves continuity and it preserves health of that family, that, that corporate unit together. And uh, that it's recommended that you eat at least, you know, several meals. I don't know exactly if they have a number, but there's a reason why this whole narrative, this whole story of history in the context of the way of, of God's creation ends, right, comes to a conclusion here in a huge banquet. And then we go on from there. That's really not the end. That's the starting point. So there's this huge banquet and, and uh, you know, Jesus previewed just a little bit with his boys, you know, before he departed, before he was crucified, he had a meal with them together and he signified. And that's what we do here. And this is kind of a, you know, very powerful and symbolic way of doing things. But it is a little bit on the lame side, if you will. Because they didn't just do this. I mean, Jesus was reaching, you know, when he finally came to the point of, you know, handing out the wine, it says he reached for a second glass of grape juice. Welch's, you didn't know Welch's was rolling back then, did you? Yeah, it's funny and interesting to hear people try and argue that it was grape juice and not wine. But um, this significant meal that he has for us together as his sons and daughters, as his family, that, uh, that we feast together in remembrance of him. And, you know, Paul, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 11. I mean, he's, he's kind of scolding the Corinthians. He's saying, hey, you guys are coming in and, you know, some of you who don't have as much, you're coming in and just loading up before everybody gets there and eating all the food beforehand. Some of you are getting drunk. I mean, these guys were, these guys were remembering, really remembering, you know, in his name. So he's like, you know, you need to tone it back. But the point, the important point is the, the family gathering together, the family eating together. There's something really powerful about that that produces cohesion and health, this bonding and unitive power uh, that's there. Even in the, the Trout family of seven, you know, we feel it when one of them isn't there. Oh, we really do. 
Any, anybody with me, your family? You know, you feel it. And, and it could be, you know, Madison's at, at practice and Trinity, and oftentimes they're coming home late. And, and these are all good things that, that they're not just doing, but we've actually sent them into. We believe they're, you know, the will of God for us as a family. But still, it's, there's a part of us missing. Before Jaron even came along, he's the grand finale in the Trout family. Before he came along, there was something missing. We knew something was wrong. Something was off. It was like, ah, we're complete. We're complete. Well, it uh, obviously as we get more active and the kids get older, it's becoming more challenging to pull things together and uh, to to, uh, get those times together. But it's... There's a, there's a parallel here in our spiritual family as well that here at North Shore, we've got a lot of things going on. We're, we're all very busy in our lives. And, you know, unless something drastic changes, I don't see us slowing down necessarily. And, but there's an importance of building spiritual family community cohesion through love and through bearing with one another the weight of life. And I've showed some humorous videos of, of people, you know, lifting weights. And what happened, it was these guys who were going solo, they're doing it themselves. They don't have a team around them. They don't have a community around them. They're trying to lift these weights and they're just passing out they're, They don't have spotters. They don't have help. And in that case, you know, we're only able to maintain. We're not able to actually grow and get stronger when we're doing the Lone Ranger thing. Lifting the weight of life is not a good time uh, when you're doing it alone. Um, we've here, as you know, talked about how we've gone through some of the most, not some of the most difficult times of our lives. And I didn't live through the depression or anything like that, but these have been some immensely painful and difficult years. And I cannot fathom going through them without you. To have the people that have been there, just to, you know, they're not necessarily giving, you know, crazy good advice or anything. That's not the point. The point is they're there. And you feel them there with you, pulling in the weight together with Jesus because His burden is light. His yoke is easy. Together, together, together. And together we are what makes Jesus attractive to others who don't know Him. What sets North Shore apart from any other group of people? Last week, if you weren't here, you should take time to listen to uh, the message last week because there was a lot of interaction as we were talking, just identifying the different giftings in the body as people were just going around. And you just, I know, I I saw the the looks on people's faces as people were identifying. It's like, man, Gary, Gary Loman, just the gift of helps, you know. And you just had this sense of, yeah, this family pride that started coming over. Like, wow. But what makes us different than anyone else? So anybody can come in here and show up, attend church, and completely do that their whole life and totally miss the whole point of being the church. It's so easy to do. It just becomes the motions that we go through, and it's the very thing that we hate. 
The very thing that we read about in the Pharisees and that, you know, they showed up, they put their plastic hallelujah brother, amen sister face on. And they shine people on, but inside they were dying. Inside they were dead and Jesus identified them. What was it? Whitewashed sepulchers? I don't even know what that means. Look that up sometime. But it's not a good thing when you get called a whitewashed sepulcher. It's like lights on nobody's home. There's no substance behind this form that I'm seeing. There are several keys to a strong and vibrant Christian life. Didn't you always wonder what those keys were? Yeah, let me share them with you. Yeah. But a, a strong and vibrant Christian life that, it, that are really, really important. And it's not just one single thing. It's, it's a number of different things. But number one, and these are not in any particular order except for maybe the first one. But this personal, ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Personal, ongoing, thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Number two would be study. And not just study His Word, but application of His Word. If there's no application of His Word, what's the point? Fill yourself with a bunch of head knowledge and for what? Number three, ongoing, consistent relationship with God's people. Ongoing, consistent relationship with God's people. And this really, the emphasis being everyone matters. Everyone matters. Even fruitcakes like us. It's true. We, us, together. If you want a title for today, we, us, together, colon, even fruitcakes like us. Okay, I couldn't decide between the two. Let's go with both of them. Number four, living out and sharing the gospel with others. Great, you can become friends with people and all that kind of stuff, but living out the gospel and actually sharing the gospel with people. This hope this life that we have been given in Jesus. We, us together, deserves investment. I, I talked about the last couple of years being some of the most difficult or the most difficult of our life and needing one another. You know what? That didn't just happen that happened as a result of a deserving investment in relationships over years and years and years. Through the thick and the thin. Through the alive and happy and the boring and mundane. Right? Welcome to any relationship. Any relationship. We have all of those ingredients in there. Let's look at this, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have. See, there's where talk is cheap, right? The hope we say we have. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. Let us not neglect our meeting together. Gathering together. On a regular basis. Remember National Geographic guy? Coming and giving a health presentation at Regents uh, Insurance, Regents Blue Shield. And he talked about people's longevity and quality of life. 
that they that they they enjoyed heart surgeons in you know into their late 90s not fading in terms of their health and different things and they talked about these different aspects that were so important and it was really had so much to do with relationship and consistent relationship they said at least in this um, this group of people in Japan you know at least four times a month you know, gathering together as a large group, at least four times a month, gathering together with friends that you can share your life, your fears, your dreams, everything with, without any sense of, um, you know, being rejected by them. Those are so key that we're able to carry the burdens of life together and offload them onto Jesus together. Let us not neglect our meeting together, assembling of ourselves as some people do, but encourage and warn each other. Wow, important ingredients to when we gather together, encouraging and warning one another. You know, there's times I need to be warned. Like, dude, do you have have any idea how close to that cliff you are right now? Encouraging one another. You know, just as we did last week, there was this, wow, when somebody shared about you, I don't know if it, I, I thought I saw it in the room where, where people were just like, oh man, I didn't realize that necessarily about myself. I mean, I kind of saw that, but that's amazing to hear that. It's so encouraging to hear that from someone else, Any, right? That was so cool. This in the Greek, do not neglect our meeting together means to come alongside one another like an officer encouraging the troops as they train for battle. You can do it. Encouraging them. Come on. How's it going, man? Rather than going plastic on them, actually saying, you know what? It's kind of a hellish week. Yeah, it was, I, it's not, not been a good one. Not my top ten. Oh, really? Why? Um, actually lost my job. Or, you know, whatever. This happened. Different things. Can we be real with one another? What makes us different from any other gathering of Christians or people? The reality, again, we become the attractiveness of Jesus. Not only when they touch your life personally, when you're on the, in the job, the marketplace, different things like that, but when they come in here, do they see a real, true family, a real, true community? Because if you're faking the funk and I'm faking the funk, they're going to get funk. We don't want them to get that. Yeah, you, you've walked into a, a family before and, and uh, you know, maybe gone over to their house and you've experienced this where you walk in and you just kind of get this vibe like, hmm, I'm not, I'm sensing like there's, you know, this thing where you take everything that's in the living room and you shove it into a closet so nobody sees it. And they have that going on relationally in their family. So they take all their relational stuff and you walk in and they're like, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. You walk out the door, you leave at the end of the evening, it's like, whoa, what was that? What you see is not what you get. People get the same thing if they come in here and we're faking it with Jesus and we're faking it with one another. Let me just say, if there's, it takes two to tango. If we're withholding, 
staying just outside of range to avoid being hurt or avoid whatever it is that we're avoiding. That's worship. That's worship to God. Because He has a purpose in us gathering together. A reason for it. And we've got to grasp that in terms of His Word and what He says about that. We, us, together. We, us, together. I love this. Um, I was reading uh, Pastor Kevin's latest, or one of his blogs that he sent out to Kirkland. And he said another aspect of all of this is that we tend to, he was talking about why church. It was really interesting timing because Kevin and I haven't talked at all, but he was kind of doing this thing on why church while we're talking about everyone matters and the life of the church. Another aspect of all this is that we can tend to withhold ourselves in various ways because of past experience, current sin issues, or a myriad of other reasons. Father does not so easily disqualify us from being involved with Him in His business of the earth and loving people. And then he quotes Brennan Manning. Anybody heard Brennan Manning before read his stuff? Great stuff. Listen to what he says. This may come as a shock. Are you prepared? This may come as a shock. But the church doesn't need more gifted people. But it does need broken people who understand the giftedness of the flawed. It does need broken people who understand the giftedness of the flawed. When we conceal ourselves from others, withhold. We diminish the church by our absence. Of course, that doesn't help the people that are absent, right? When we conceal ourselves from others, we diminish the church by our absence. We can ostracize ourselves through a self-imposed shame or pain, but the church will suffer. We need to show them that everyone can be healed, even screwy fruitcakes like us. We need to show them that we can be healed. When we show up in the midst of our pain and we're real with our family and community... What does that do? It gives other people hope. Oh man, Jesus is, can be victorious in, in your life because I see Him, because I know what you're going through, and yet you didn't withhold. You didn't withhold the gift of who you are as a flawed person just like me. No one is denying that stuff happens. There's probably a more appropriate word right there that we could fit in there. Not appropriate necessarily for church. But stuff happens. It did happen. It will happen. But the answer is not our isolation. Can we understand that? We can never find anything in God's Word having to do with isolation or withholding. I love, um, I got I to gotta go there real quick. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Acts, Romans. We can rejoice too, verse 3, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. What? 
Paul spent a lot of time in the, in the slammer, okay? So he's not, you know, up in the penthouse kicking back, chilling with a margarita while he's, while he's writing this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know they are good for us. They help us learn to endure. And endurance develops strength of character in us. And character strengthens our confident expectation of salvation. And this expectation will not disappoint us. For we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Goes on to talk about when we were so helpless, utterly helpless, He came at the perfect time and He rescued us. Who is He talking to here? One person? No, He's talking to a church about enduring, about enduring together, about developing character together. He's saying, you guys, it doesn't happen alone. It doesn't happen going solo. I love this because it it breaks our independence. It releases us into the power of interdependence with one another on God. Oh man, there's all kinds of opportunities to say, amen. Harmony, um, Harmony Duke was um, struggling with some health things, and I don't see her in here, but Regina Scannell, I think they're in childcare, and Lisa being able to go over. David's at work, and he would have had to come home and, you know, miss work, but going over there, and they just jumped in and, and uh, you know, helping with the little ones, and, and you know, wh- where else do you get that besides community? There are so many people, they, can't, they don't even have a babysitter. They sit home because they don't have community enough to even have a babysitter to watch their kids so they can go out on a date. I don't know about you, this heat is unbelievable in here. Do we, you know how to do that, Andrew? Yeah, here you go. I'm going to throw some keys at you. Turn that bad boy off. Thank you. Let's hope the boys have better hands today. But that's the English, though. They're used to using their feet. <laughs> Team, community, family, together. Hearing the Word together. Worshiping together. Being in God's presence together. Someone, can, someone that you can call in the middle of the night. You guys have that? You guys have those people in your life that you can call in the middle of the night? Are you someone that someone can call in the middle of the night? Are you? Have you ever expressed that to someone before? Have you gone back and and reaffirmed that with them before? Hey, you know what? You can call me anytime, day or night. I'm here for you. We need to communicate that to one another. If you don't have those someones in your life, then you're not experiencing real community. Because we all know that it will hit the fan and stuff does happen and will happen. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Holy Spirit is going to make sure stuff happens in your life to make you interdependent upon community and family. little preview. That's this, that was free. He would not do that. He is loving and kind. Oh, yes, He will. Because He did not make us Lone Rangers. 
He did not make us solo. He loves us way too much for that. I love what Zion was sharing. I keep referencing this, but you know, others that you can call Zion says, I want to be interruptible and available. I want to be interruptible and available. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, I love talking about the church, family, community. So, so key uh, for us. Because sometimes we just, you know, we compartmentalize. We make, we make, you know, this life in being the church different than everything else. It's, it's a totally different category in our minds. Just like worship is. You know, worship is this thing where, you know, the band rocks out and we raise our hands and jump around and stuff. Sure, it's like this much, right? But we have this different category. Verse 19, Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, verse 19, where'd you go? That is not it. Oh, yes, it is. So now you, Gentiles, are no longer... How many Gentiles in here? If you're not Jewish, you should be raising your hand. Okay? Okay. Really? I didn't know that all this time. Gentiles, okay. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are His house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone, the senior pastor, is Christ Jesus Himself. We who believe are carefully joined together. He took care to put you in this family and in this community. Becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Not just locally here, but universally. I don't know about you guys. When I hear about our brothers and sisters in Iraq and different places getting blasted, I feel that. Because I take communion with them. I'm unified with them in Jesus Christ. I feel that. Through Him, you Gentiles are also joined together as part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. God has placed us in the body of Christ for our protection, for our blessing. Is this any different than our earthly families, our natural families? Go ahead, feel free to shake your head. No. It's no different. We're placed here for our protection and our blessing. It's not always fun. We don't always have the warm fuzzies and darn. There's difficult, unlovely moments along the way. You get deep enough in any relationship and you see, soon see the warm fuzzies just kind of... Then they come back and then they ebb and flow. But the joy of the Lord is consistent. As we grow together... As a family, the blessings that we will never experience unless we become relational and connected to the body of Christ. We work it out. We work it through together. We work it out. We work it through together. We work it out and we work it through together. Lisa, you know, she, uh, just as the mom in the Trout family, um, she usually is the one who's preparing and, and serving the meals. And uh, some of you guys are pretty good around the kitchen, not my gifting. And uh, Lisa's incredibly gifted. So she's, you know, she's in the, the kitchen and she'll serve it up and all that. But 
the, um, the fam sets the table. Hey, we're getting ready to eat, so we call everybody down, um, set the table, we clean up afterward. And there's also the importance of expressing gratefulness. Okay, so what results in the hearts of the children that don't serve and don't help? What, what have we seen? Come on, talk to me. What have we seen in our families where the kids just, we do everything for them. We do all their laundry. We do, you know, it's like, well, it's just a loving, not a loving mother. You're actually not loving them because you're not teaching them to take responsibility for themselves. So what happens to the kids who they, everything is done for them and they don't participate in the family? But church is a different context and completely different category, isn't it? Nope. We're described as the family of God. So we all have to pull our weight. All my kids are expected to be at the table. Unashamedly, unapologetically. Who's our senior pastor? Jesus. What is he calling us to? Now, the issue is, what is our revelation of spiritual family? Because that varies, doesn't it? So, we don't want that kind of result when we're not serving and actively giving who God has called us to be in the context of the family. I wish I had time to go through some of these scriptures together. I'll just give them to you. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. 1 Corinthians 13, you know what the love chapter, but review it. Review it. It's what holds us together. And it's not based upon what we feel like. The issue is not how big this local body is and trying to get butts in the seats. If we can get past the typical manipulation that we often sense when we're in this type of context dealing with these types of things about spiritual family, but if, if we can get past that, that's not what this is about. This is the issue is everyone here who is God has called to be here. If God has called you to be here, then we have a family and we've got to stop putting church. And I'm not talking about just this gathering point right here on Sunday mornings. Church has got to be in the same category as everything else in terms of, you know, how we approach, for instance, teams and our jobs, sports and stuff. Think about the demands that your job, your boss, and your workplace makes on you. You're like, well, they're paying me. So we only do things because we're paid? Because there's something in it for us? How important is it that we show up on time for things? Just punctuality. Now, if you feel a heap of condemnation coming on you right now, don't. That's not where it's coming from. This is a value statement about how valuable this family and this community is. I've been late to lots of things before. But I make it my aim to show up when the family's gathering together. Because I know I play an important part. 
Is this where God has planted you? Do you have revelation of your placement by the Holy Spirit? We need to have that. Because it changes everything. When my kids have a revelation that they're part of the Trout family, what do they do? They jump in and they help and they serve and they give. And and that's the way the family works. But we expect that of our kids at home, but we don't necessarily place the same expectation upon ourselves as sons and daughters in the family of God. Well, that's not what God's telling me to do. Maybe this isn't your spiritual family then. That could be. What sound are you hearing Jesus make to you? Is it an independent one? I don't hear Jesus making that type of a sound. Again, if we're hearing old, you need to be here, you need to be here, you're hearing it wrong. Because that's not the sound that Holy Spirit makes in His Word. But He does make the sound of community, family, together, us. Woo. Talking with the big boys and girls now, aren't we? Yeah. These are challenging things to talk about. These are not easy. Imagine the chaos of a football team if no one had jerseys as a representation of their identity. Coaches wouldn't know who to coach. Players wouldn't know who was on their team. We have no problem with teams making a declaration of placement and identity. But then when it comes to the church, it's like, oh man, that's really controlling. Seriously? We'll let coaches beat us, you know, experience pain, all that kind of stuff. And we're like, coach, give me more. But then we, we talk about expectations that our senior pastor has for us as a family and as a community. And we're like, what? You can't say that. I didn't. He did. Some are gifted at catching, others throwing, running, blocking, tackling, kicking. None are more valuable than the others. All of them serve a different function, and everyone matters. Everyone. William, I've always, I don't, always just from the time, he, he always had a tough time, you know, early on uh, in his growing up years, and he has just developed into a, a really solid young man. But I've always called him Submitted Will. Or, you know, from the time that he was really, really young, I still call him that, submitted will. But, you know, submitting his will to Jesus, saying yes to him. Amen. You guys, we're a great family. We're a great community here together. Would you stand with me? We're going to take just a uh, few minutes break, and then we want to come back. So refill on the water or whatever it is, and we'll come right back. And then we want to open it up and uh, talk about this transition from this location to the next location that we sense God is leading us into. Amen. Take a break, and I'll be back in like three or four minutes.